Hi everybody and welcome to the video and live streaming show. My name's John Lacey and as always I'm joined by Sam Proof. Today on the show we're going to be talking all about starting a YouTube channel in 2024. And again, I had to think about what year we were in because time is a blur in, in my world. But uh, we, we're sort of interested to explore that subject today. And, you know, it may not even necessarily be a new channel. It may be something that maybe you've created earlier, maybe is a little bit unloved. But we're going to unpack some of the things that you might want to think about. We are going out live to all the various places today. So uh, yep. let us know in the chat where you're watching from. And if you... Um, I obviously didn't... I pressed a button and it doesn't seem to have been doing anything on my computer. But anyway, <laughs> oh, it seems to be if you are doing... <laughs> yes, it's, it's the joy of technology. But anyway... Um, the, you know, if you are watching live, you can do hashtag team live or hashtag team replay in the chat if you're watching later on. But Sam, how has your week been? Uh, I don't even know. Today was such a blur in itself that the whole week is just gone and I am exhausted. I like spent two and a half hours or something on the road going like downtown and then all the way back past my house to like grab all this stuff. We got... We got new cats. There's new litter, a mom and her kittens in our uh, foster care. And then all of these people were like, we'll donate stuff, but you have to come pick it up. So that's what I did today. And everything else is nothing. I don't, I don't even know. We're in 2000 what now? <laughs> yeah, 2024. Although um, Saeed in the chat is asking, is this the right place to be if you started a channel back in 2022? Yes. And, I mean, it's it's definitely the right place to be, so thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's actually been my first week back to my day job for the beginning of the year. I've got to tell you, the struggle is very, very real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe, maybe that's a show for another time, talking about just managing your energy and your time and your expectations as a content creator. But that is, that's a whole other segment. So let's get into today's content, Sam. So uh, today we are talking all about, uh, you know, creating a YouTube channel, maybe revisiting an existing YouTube channel, if that is sure. something that you've, uh, you know, maybe you have a channel that's a little bit abandoned, a little bit unloved. And we want to talk about... Why you might want to be on YouTube, uh, what kind of content is supported on that platform, things that we can do to optimize our YouTube channels, and also building a sense of community. So that's all coming up today on the show. If you do have questions, let us know in the chat. We'd love to hear from you. But I guess, Sam, um, and I'm going to probably go a little bit out of order um, here, but sure. I guess one thing that we do hear from time to time is people just saying, isn't it too late to start a YouTube channel? Aren't there a billion YouTube channels out there, why would anybody want to watch my content? Those kinds of objections. What would you say to that sort of person? Yeah, absolutely. Don't create a new channel. Don't do anything fun. Don't, don't, just leave it for John and me so that we can, we can do. No, yeah, it's not. It's, <laughs> here's the, the thing. YouTube has just gotten more and more hyper-focused as it's evolved and it's created this algorithm and it's done all of these things, but it is one of the largest and still fastest growing platforms that's got billions of people still available to come on to it. So it, I don't know that we'll ever be oversaturated because at some point it's just going to be everyone just is there. How can you be oversaturated if it's everyone? You, you can't. But you do have to like pay attention to 
who it is you're trying to uh, customize your content for at this point. There was a point where you could just put stuff out at YouTube and yeah, you're probably guaranteed views just because there's no other content out there. That doesn't mean that because there is now all this other content, there's competition and it's oversaturated. It just means you need to be a little more strategic in your planning. And that's why the buzzword you hear everyone says is niche down. And that's absolutely what it is because you can come up with a niche and be like, is there content for left-handed Eskimos? No, probably not. Um, and there you go. There's no, no saturation in that, that field. It's just finding that sort of Venn diagram of two broader topics, perhaps, maybe not left-handed Eskimos, and no offense to any left-handed people or Eskimos watching. Uh, I think you deserve your own content vertical. Um, so yeah, it, it is absolutely not oversaturated and you should start and you should just get going on whatever it is you want. Just be strategic about it. And I'm going to use a very old man metaphor here. And, and again, it's informed, I guess, in part due to my age, but also the fact that I'm Australian. But I mean, it wasn't that long ago, historically, that the only way that you could be in front of a camera and talk to people was to be on a television station and there would be sort of five TV stations in Australia at one point. And, like, if you weren't, you know, it, there were so many gatekeepers, there were so many things that you needed to do to be in that position. Even if you were, you know, you couldn't go off script. Um, you know, you, you, there are all kinds of things where, um, you know, I, I guess gatekeeper is probably the, the idea that I want to sort of allude to. But yeah. now the, lands, the media landscape is very different. You can do a lot of things yourself. You can DIY it. But again, I think we do need to sort of go into this with some expectations. And, you know, obviously there are so many things competing with uh, out there that are competing for attention in... And potentially you might be competing with, you know, Netflix or Disney Plus or something. So... Again, right. in some ways, I think it's it's wonderful and it's empowering, but I just I, I just want to caution people because I think, especially at this time of year, the marketers are telling you that if you do these three steps, you will be instantly famous by next week. And I just, <laughs> you know, I want to caution against that a little bit because uh, it's just not true. They're just selling you no. stuff um, at the end of the day. But I think the thing that you did allude to was, you know, the fact that you can have a very particular niche and I, I i know it's i'm sure it's possible to niche down too much but generally yeah. speaking i i kind of encourage people to think about this in terms of having a closer relationship with a smaller number of people and not try yes. to conquer the entire world because i think right. in some ways when you appeal to everybody you appeal to nobody and it's just so general and so yeah. vague and vanilla that it's it's not even worthwhile yeah I um mean, so I, I, I would say that you know, I think like five, six years ago, I made a prediction that the internet internet would get um, smaller in that it would become like, you know, smaller groups of people talking about specific things. And I think that's absolutely what you see with like YouTube and, you know, some of these other video and live platforms is that it becomes a more isolated community thing. You, you can't possibly put out, uh, you know, uh, guy cleaning carpet videos and expect all of the, you know, techie truckers to be like jumping on board to watch that. They're, they're their own thing. Maybe you get some people slipping over, but, you know, they need their own content. So that's, I think, absolutely a very good point. 
Sure. So I guess, um, and I, I, I kind of, I wrote a bit of an article on the Lone Live streaming newsletter earlier in the week about some questions to ask yourself before starting a YouTube channel. And in in traditional uh, John fashion, I don't know that I've got that in front of me, but let me just bring it up really quickly. Um, but I guess, first of all, like before we even go to the point of setting up an account on YouTube, I think there are just some questions to ask ask yourself. And just be mindful of, and again, you don't necessarily need all the answers at this point in time, but I think it's important to start thinking about them. So, you know, first of all, what is your YouTube channel about? And I know that probably sounds super insanely obvious, but it's worthwhile if it has a focus. And again, if you just want to, you know, hang out and just post weird, wonderful, random things for your friends, that's totally cool right. too. Like, don't get me wrong, but we're kind of imagining that you're doing this for uh you know, a professional reason or, uh, you know, you've got a cause that you're trying to, to promote or right. uh, further. So, you know, it's in some ways, I think it's, you know, it's getting back to that idea of the niche. But um, and yeah, I, I think it's really important to think about that. And like the great thing about the Internet in some ways is that nothing is really set in stone. So you right. can and you probably should make some tweaks and changes as you go out, go along. Yeah. but. I don't want you to confuse your audience by, you know, doing military history on Monday and then switching to cosmetics on Friday. I right. think that can yes. be a really big problem. I think that's a very good example and a terrible channel <laughs> to, to experience. And, <laughs> you, know, you know, when we say, um, John talks about, like, don't overly niche down. Like, you don't want to make that horrible example I gave, which is, left-handed Eskimo techie trucker channel, right? That's, that's you. That's the one person's going to watch that. But what you do want is to take a broad niche like live streaming education. Oh, hey, that's a great idea right here. And then from there, isolate, you know, two or three sort of sub-niches within that. Maybe OBS and, uh, you know, maybe chatbots. And those are kind of niching down within that broader niche. And, you know, that will both gain you specific audiences that might not be quite interested in the other thing that you're doing, um, but it's ancillary enough that they're along for the ride and they'll be like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll come back to that thing. Um, so yeah, don't, don't do broad strokes of two completely unrelated things, cosmetics and trucking or whatever it is. But yeah, find, find the sort of super niche things within the broader category that you have. And I guess it's, it's in some ways, it's about finding that um, common thread between the, yeah. the various uh, subjects that you're addressing. But I guess the other thing too is, like, who do you imagine your YouTube channel is for? And I know a lot of times people will just invent somebody on the spot and like, you know, they'll just make up some demographics and, and um, some psychographics for that person. And I think, you know, that's that's a perfectly reasonable place to start. And what you probably yeah. will find is you'll, once you start building relationships with people, uh, you'll get a better sense of who they actually are and you can tweak that as you go along. But again, um, you know, if, if there is a particular type of person that you're hoping to get the attention of, it's worthwhile sort of using the language that they use and... Even thinking about, you know, how they identify themselves. And it's funny, in some ways, um, you know, we, we definitely have people that consider themselves YouTubers and we have people that consider themselves live streamers or podcasters. Yes. And 
In some ways, in a, in a literal technical sense, I don't think those things matter too much. But where they do matter is that the people are building identities around this and they're identifying as such. And, you know, there are things that are they value as, as that type of person. So, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely worth, worth considering. And again, I don't want to be a bit of a downer here, but the one of the other things that I had on my list was how much time and energy can I reasonably dedicate to a YouTube channel? And yes. it's, I think it's, especially when you start out, you'll probably be, re be really excited. You'll have a lot of energy. You'll want to conquer the world. And I, I've certainly seen people that will just produce a video or a live stream twice a day, every day for like two weeks, and then you'll just never hear from them again because they're completely burnt out. Right. Yeah. You, so you obviously, Sam, you're... Yeah. No, yeah, you definitely need to uh, be really good at seeing how much free time you have and seeing how much of that free time is reasonable for you to actually allocate into YouTube creation. Absolutely. And I guess the other thing too, and Means has an amazingly long comment, which I want to talk to in a, in a second, but um, yes. yeah. I guess the other thing too, there's a very good chance that you'll be, you'll be a beginner in some aspect of, of building a channel, whether that's actually creating the content, mm -hmm. recording, editing, live streaming, marketing. Um, so again, I don't want you to feel bad about any of these things, but I just want you to have a think about what skills do you currently have and what might you like to develop and, and maybe build a bit of a plan for those, sort of seek out some resources and, you know, see what other people are doing, ask questions, I don't know, join live streams like this one and ask us questions, that would be awesome too. Um, so yeah, it's it, it, there's a lot potentially involved with uh, running a YouTube channel, and I don't want to overwhelm you, but I just kind of want to plant the seeds of some of those ideas that you might like to think about. Okay, I'm just going to check in with the chat for a second. Um, hello to Waltstrung hey, III from the Huddle, who's saying uh, good evening. Um, Means's question, and I'm going to try and paraphrase it because I it's. It's yeah. a really long thing, but um, essentially, why do you want a YouTube channel? So I guess this speaks to the goals. And again, are you trying to make money? Are you trying to develop a following? Are you developing a personal brand? Like all these things are potentially useful. Um, but again, I, I think like, you know, new year, new me, People have such optimism at this time of year. And again, I don't think most people appreciate how difficult and how much time and energy all of these things require. And I feel like I'm being such a downer at the beginning of our show, Sam. So I don't know if you can say <laughs> no, something no. Um, you inspirational. Know, I, I want to almost address Means's question, or at least in part by addressing Saeed's comment, which is starting a YouTube channel with monetization in, in mind from day one may not be the best motivation, is it? And I absolutely agree. If your goal is I wanna be a YouTuber and make money doing the YouTubes, stop and rethink everything. That's not that's not it. Um, if, if you're thinking I'm gonna make videos and I'm gonna get ad revenue and I'm gonna live off that ad revenue, that's not happening. There is a 1% out of a billion people that are doing that, and, and it's not easy. Uh, ad revenue is like a nice little bonus. So having something else in mind for the why you're making your channel, 
who you're making your channel for and how you're going to monetize that channel when you actually have that ability is much better than I'm going to make a YouTube channel that makes me money. It, it's very hard to make more than just a few bucks here and there for the majority of people. Um, so yeah, look at it with the why. And if your why is, as I said, just trying to make a following or make money, that, that's it, that's as far as it goes, then you need to sit down with it. You need, you need something where it's, you know, I have a business, I'm making uh, cool things in my Etsy shop and I want to share that with the world and potentially get customers from that. Great. I love that. That's a good why. You know, it's I want to create an e-course because I'll, I have all this knowledge I want to share. I don't care if I get followers and money. Awesome. Very good. You know, things like that. Uh, just, you know, don't. Don't be too attracted to the shiny carrot on the end of the stick. It's it's so much harder to make that happen these days. Absolutely. And it sounds like um, Business Growth Ready on YouTube may have a particular set of skills, but that's a whole other film. Um, okay, so this is the, the video and live streaming show. Today we're talking all about uh, starting a YouTube channel and you know why it might be worthwhile, how you can actually do it, some of the things that we might like to think about. And uh, we're going to talk about the kinds of content that you can uh, create and, and share on YouTube in just a moment. We are constantly training our cats every interaction that we have with them. Mm -hmm. So when Johan would get on my counter before, you know, this is 10 years ago before I was the cat expert that I am now, Johan would jump on the counter. What was the first thing I did? I'd say his name, Johan. Well, he loves that. That's a reward for him. He mm -hmm. said, you, you just said my name. I would go over to him and I talk to him be like, you can't be on the counter. Johan loves when I talk to him. Ding. That's another reward for Johan. I'd pick him up and put him on the ground, but I didn't want him to think I was mad at him. So when I'd pick him up, I'd pick him up very nicely and kiss him on the head and say, I love you, but you can't be here. I put him on the ground. I had just done three things that rewarded him for being on the counter. So I was encouraging him to continue doing that. And that's a clip from Just Kidding Around, which is Sam's podcast, which you can learn about over at cuteavalanche.com. Um, I must say, I, I don't know if it's just on my end, but I'm I'm experiencing an extraordinary amount of lag between me pressing buttons in uh, in the software today and things actually happening in my browser. So hopefully it's not too excruciating for, for you guys. Um, but we'll just soldier on and see what we can do. Um, yeah, I, it, it seems that seemed fine. You did glitch out a little bit earlier on and I couldn't tell if it was me or you. So I'm assuming it was you. Okay, <laughs> But cool. now everything seems okay. All right, so this is the video and live streaming show. Today, we're talking about starting a YouTube channel. And let's talk about some of the content you can actually share on YouTube. So in some ways, this, this probably seems really, really obvious, but I think it's, it's worthwhile sort of unpacking the different options YouTube gives you. And first of all, we have the traditional horizontal style videos or as they're sometimes, not, sometimes known, are videos on demand. So these are things that you can upload. And again, they can be about just about anything. Um, you, you create a thumbnail, um, a video title, description, you upload your file and potentially your captioning resources and just make that available. And the great thing about that is once it's there, you can share it in all kinds of places. Um, you can share the link, you can embed that on websites and, and blogs and LinkedIn. 
Um, you can actually share videos on LinkedIn, but the experience of, of embedding a LinkedIn video into a newsletter, for example, is just so bad that even if I don't want something to live on my YouTube channel, I will still upload it there and sort of unlist it and then share it in that fashion because it's just such a better experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, Sam, do you want to, should we just do an overview of these and then to get into each one in, in more depth or do you want to speak about videos specifically? Oh yeah, let's yeah, let's do an overview. Okay, cool. So obviously we've got the the videos this is number one. Uh, number two, YouTube Shorts. So vertical video has really exploded in popularity in the last few years. Um, these are sort of fifty nine second or shorter clips that will um, pop up in the YouTube Shorts experience. What that looks like is a little bit different on your phone versus uh, your desktop computer, but essentially people can sort of get a short dose of something and um, scroll through and like it potentially if that's something of interest to them. And of course, we have YouTube Live. So, you know, just live streaming to that platform specifically, which is something we're currently doing right now. Um, You know, it's... And and maybe, you know, that might be a a good place to start, um, Sam. So... Obviously, and I say obviously, it's obvious to me. I don't know if it's obvious to our audience, but Sam likes to broadcast and and uh, to all of the places. And I guess sure. I you do a lot on Twitch specifically. But I'm curious, yes. like, what do you think is is the benefit of um, going live on on YouTube? Oh wow, specifically on YouTube. That's such a good question that I feel like I'm too tired to answer accurately. But um, I think one of the the main benefits to going live on on youtube first twitch uh is discoverability like straight out twitch is not a great search experience you can go and try and find something but if you're looking for something more specific than a specific like a game or a person it's gonna be hard to find like you don't go to twitch to find out how do i make air fryer chicken right you go to youtube for that um and so I think there's just a lot more potential as a live streamer to be found on YouTube than it is on Twitch. Twitch, you kind of have to find an existing audience, push them over there, continually push them over there, make them aware you're doing it. Uh, and then hopefully some friends tag along or some people find you and raid you and you get growth that way. Whereas with YouTube, we can create a, um, a stream, we create the event, like ahead of time and schedule it and it's out there in the search engine for discoverable factors so people can find us a few days before we actually stream uh and you know come back to us check out other content uh once you're done streaming that becomes a vod that you can have you can even chop that up into multiple vods or whatever uh so i think it just YouTube has to be a part of your strategy. If you're a creator out there doing anything with video in one form or another, YouTube has to be part of that strategy. There's a million other platforms and I'm, I'm hard pressed to say any other platform has to be a part of your strategy. Absolutely. YouTube. And I guess we, we probably glazed over that, but it's worth articulating is that there are just a lot of people on YouTube looking to be entertained yes. and, and educated. And I guess the example that I use during the week is that 
I very rarely wear a tie and every time I need to put one on, I have to look up a YouTube video on, on the steps to do that because I can never remember. <laughs> and yes. in some ways, like, you know, th there's all kinds of content out there and content types and I think they're all pretty great, um, but different people have different preferences. But especially if I, and I guess another, I feel like I'm disclosing a lot about myself today, but... I have a lot of skills, but assembling furniture is not one of those. And the little instructions that they give you are just diabolical. And if there's ever a chance where I can see somebody physically put this together on YouTube yep. or a video yep. platform, it just helps me enormously because there's inevitably some weird um, nuance that they haven't articulated anywhere else. So, yes. again, the ability to see those things and... You know, people are looking for that content. I, I, we're probably not going to go too deep into the whole optimizing videos for thumbnails and and keywords and that kind of thing today. But again, it's it's one of those things. People, uh, YouTube wants you to be on the platform and spend a lot of time there, so they're recommending other content. Maybe they're recommending more of your yeah. content. Um, there are all, all kinds of opportunities, and again. If you ask, and I, I just think the other thing too is just they have that that brand recognition and it's become yes. such a cliche that I'm almost loath to say it. But the thing we hear on every social media podcast ever is that YouTube is the second largest podcast, uh, right. the second largest search engine, search engine. <laughs> um, So, which I guess is technically true. But, um, you know, I, it's, it's certainly a destination where you can be and people will hang out and find you. Whereas... If you're, you know, if you're, I know there are lots of new streaming destinations and video platforms, yep. but it's really hard to get people off the platforms they're already comfortable on. So I, I'd probably, tr I, I, I kind of talk about hedging our bets a little bit in terms of our destinations. And I think that's always useful, but certainly go, go for the large ones and include those as well. Yeah. I, I will say, um, <clears throat> Like, yeah, yeah, there's there's just so many other live streaming things and it's just easier to just have the one that is the big name. And Saeed makes a really good point, which is uh, YouTube videos appear in Google search results. So basically YouTube videos appear in both the number one and number two largest search engines. <laughs> you know, like, I, I think that in itself is case in point. The thing I wanted to actually say, but I, I derailed my own self, was the other really good thing about um this is almost contrary to what I said earlier in a sense, but the the really good thing about doing YouTube content is as a content platform that does monetize for its creators, it does have the best payout. Um, it's still not enough to go bank on that as like, I'm going to make a career off it, but of all the platforms paying out to creators, it is of the, you know, uh, as far as the ad revenue goes, you're getting the best uh, percentage of that there's some minutia in like membership and subscriber you know payouts where there's a few of those new ones that do in fact pay better uh, but in general YouTube does pay out better than any of the other platforms absolutely and a big hello to Erica Bates who's watching on LinkedIn thank you so much for joining us today um so we did also mention, you know, obviously we have videos and there's plenty of great content on YouTube yeah. to, to watch and you potentially could add some of yours there as well. And of course, the, the shorts experience. I it's Shorts are one of those things that I, I, I never really know how I feel about them because sometimes I will... And I, I kind of get these almost weekly emails from YouTube saying, yeah. hey, you should totally upload a short. 
And my experience of that is that I will have either 3,000 uh, views or uh-huh. I will have three views and there's like nothing in between. <laughs> like it, it's, yeah. it's so weird. And I, I don't know that I'm necessarily getting any more subscribers. Like I, I think people sort of look at it and, and flick past and move on with their lives. Um, but I know it, it does work well for, for some people and I guess yeah. it kind of depends on the content and, and your goals. Yeah, I, I will say that for Cute Avalanche specifically, we have seen the most subscribers come from short videos. Uh, but we do have a very similar sort of views-based experience where it's, you know, either a few thousand or, you know, 20. Um, uh, but at the same time, at least for us, what we're able to put out as a cat channel is a lot easier. It's almost always just clipping things and trimming them as opposed to curating an actual video through the editing process. I, I'm going to make a bold prediction, uh, and I've kind of been saying this the whole past year, that I feel like people are in fact starting to feel a burnout for like having that TikTok shorts experience of like just consuming just constant, constant video and we're going to see a push toward uh, live video on YouTube. I think the burnout of shorts coupled with what's just happened over at Twitch, which if you're not familiar, they had a massive layoff at Twitch. A lot of people are speculating whether or not, you know, this is like a big downward spiral for the company or not. I don't think that, but I do think that if YouTube really pays attention and pushes its energy into live this year, they can at least hit the number two spot in live streaming, which I'm not sure who ranks there right now, actually. <laughs> sure. Um, and I, I must, like, Sage just asks the best yeah, questions. Um, thank that. you so That's much why for I being trailed here. off. <laughs> um, could, could you talk about thresholds on YouTube? Don't you need X followers and X, uh, yes. Y watch hours to do certain things? You definitely do. Um, and again, <laughs> it's one of those things that... Um, there are certain features that you just don't have access to until you have a, a thousand subscribers. Um, I know in terms of live, there's the ability to sort of add a live stream sort of trailer so you can let people know about what the content would be about ahead of time that they can actually watch that. I think they've got things like um, live redirects. So when your yep. live finishes, you can potentially send them somewhere else. And again, those are both features that I don't have access to because I don't have a thousand subscribers, but I know Sam, um, yes, maybe you I can do. speak to, to that a little bit. Um, so yeah, uh, I absolutely have those that, uh, features that John just mentioned, which you unlock at a thousand subscribers, the, the big monetization sort of, um, prerequisite that has been out for years and years is 1000 subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time. That is 4,000 hours in the past year. Um, or this is recent 10 million shorts views in the past 90 days. So it's either 4,000, uh, watch time hours or 10 million shorts views, which I guess that's easily achievable for some people. Who knows? Um, they did also recently, uh, about six months ago, I'm going to say, uh, add sort of a sub-tier to the monetization. Um, YouTube sort of to compete with things like Twitch created their uh, their super um, integrations, which is like super chat, super thanks, and i don't know super hug i don't know what the third one is um but yeah they have all these supers uh which you can actually unlock at 
500 subscribers and i believe it's three uh three thousand watch time aren't i three million shorts views um we're so good uh, i saw a buffer for a second yeah yeah but so I, I, yep. okay so that's that's access to the non-ad revenue side of things it's the fan funding side of things which you get slightly earlier now and I guess, like, in, in some ways, um, a lot of those things are in relation to the YouTube Partner Program. And, like, Sam has already alluded to the fact that um, for most people, that's not going to be the, the way to make a living. So, I, I in some ways, I'm personally not particularly interested in doing that. I did that for, mm -hmm. I want to say, like, 10 years. And, I like, the amount of money I made was so pathetic. Um, it... it wasn't even yep. worth mentioning. Um, uh, so, I mean, I'm not particularly interested in that, but I am excited about potentially having, uh, you know, other access to other features. Because I, I think in some ways, um, and again, it's probably too big a topic for us to get into this week, but in some ways, you need to think about the the behaviors of your viewers and you need to, you know, use those end cards and have those, those have a series of things for people to watch. And like a lot of people on YouTube are very happy to, to binge watch things and they might just have it running on a TV in the background. Like they might not be giving you their whole attention, but they're quite happy for something lo quite long form to play. Yes. I think um, Walter uh, has a comment here. Uh, I believe viewers are slowly returning back to short form videos and live streams. Um, YouTube shorts are not having the effect like they once did. And I, I kind of want to... I, I feel in some ways, like, we do this this live, um, and I do make some YouTube shorts from time to time, but in my gut, and I don't have a lot of data to back this up, but I really think everything still revolves around the, the traditional video form. Like, I think that is the thing that YouTube is built around, and these other things are great opportunities, and you might want to explore them if you've got the time and energy and capability. Um, but in some ways... You know, Sam sort of mentioned about niching earlier, and I kind of wanted to go deeper into the OBS stuff specifically, and I I actually created a second channel, but I think the, the realization I had that week was I just don't have enough content on my channel as it is, so I don't want to sort of make 15 videos and split them out on 15 different channels, even if, right. you know, that is a way of maybe, you know, targeting them to a more specific audience. I think... You do have to feed the the YouTube machine a little bit to to get uh, kind of results. So, yeah, I, I think that was a really good point. That like YouTube has all these different things. You you have live stream, you have shorts, and you have vods or long form, um, and they should work in concert with each other. Like you're you know gonna create content for each of those when you're get you know just starting out, and like just pay attention to how that content is absorbed by your community and readjust your strategy based on that. And I guess the, the last thing I want to maybe mention during this segment is, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's really important to set some expectations and I, I, I have this conspiracy theory, uh, personal conspiracy theory that I mention all the time. And that's that are basically two different types of people in the world. One that are super motivated by these big, hairy, audacious goals Mm -hmm. and 
to people that just aren't. And I'm I'm definitely in that second category. I don't want to be overwhelmed by big dreams because I'll just look at them and go, that's too hard. Right. What I do do <laughs> instead and what I found incredibly useful is to say, what's the, the, the minimum I can commit to? Like, what can I do once a week? Yep. And I will do that and I will keep practicing that and I'll hopefully get better over time. And once I've got that down to a bit of an art and a science, I think, okay, now I've got a little bit more confidence. I've got a little bit more bandwidth. What can I add to that? And just yeah. slowly build up because I think it's it's really important that we recognize that most of this is a very long-term project. And, yes. you know, I keep... I keep coming back to that example. There is literally somebody on LinkedIn who I'm very fond of, um, but they do this thing where they, every six months, they will come and they'll do two or three lives every day for two weeks, and then you just won't hear it from them again for another six months. And I just, that's, a, I really, I, I've got a caution against that. I think it's it's a problem. Yeah. Um, we got a bunch of chat. I think we should take a quick look we at do. some of that. Uh, I do want to say before we do that, like we talked about the video, the shorts and the long form, something that I feel is underutilized at YouTube uh, and I want people to start using it more is the YouTube community tab, which you can find from your channel and you just hit community and it acts very much like any other social media platform feed like a Twitter or a, a threads or any of those kind of things where you have the ability to write a message, to uh, upload images, to do polls, to do quizzes. Um, and yeah, it's something that you should absolutely be using in that downtime between making big, you know, lofty videos, like put it out there. It does show up on people's feeds. It's not just an isolated experience. So like look into that because if not enough people use it, YouTube's absolutely going to get rid of it. And I think it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think um, the, the thing I would say, though, is if you are literally starting a new channel, uh, you probably won't have access to that. You do need some That's sort of true. watch history um, before yeah. they will give you access to that. And yeah, I must I admit, I had another that. channel um, that I just I wasn't using. And after a certain amount of time, they just took that, that feature away oh, from really? me. So, yeah. again, it's probably another good reason to pick one channel and really commit to that and yes. use that to watch video content even as as a consumer and comment and that kind of thing. Um, so, Insomnia Doodles, and this is a long comment, so I won't put it on screen, but um, she writes, it always surprises me what videos wind up being popular. It always seems to be the ones I don't expect and the ones I spent a lot of t more time and effort on uh, more often than uh, not seem to go unnoticed. This is yeah. something I can completely relate <laughs> yes. to. And it's funny because sometimes, like last week, I I had this. Uh, someone asked me a question, and I thought, "There's a really, there's a better way of doing this." And I made a video before I'd had my coffee. Like I was so excited to do it. Like, I rolled out of bed and just did it. And I think, it, and it was a YouTube short, which probably is also a problem. But I think it had a whole seven views. So. You don't always know, but in some ways, it's just an experiment you've got to keep showing up for, and you've got to sort of, um, uh, you know, think about the long-term sort of um, ramifications of all of that stuff. So, it's um, it looks like Sam has frozen, but what we're going to do, um, I'm going to just... Uh, there was another comment here, sorry, from Saeed that I wanted to address. How important do you find being on camera or visible in YouTube videos is, say, let's say for a tutorial? So, that's a great question. I love the question. Um, it kind of depends on what your goals are. So, again, I talk about the fact that a lot of the stuff that I do is is really out of a desire to build a personal brand so people know who I am. 
Um, and for that reason, I try to always show up on camera and, you know, sometimes I'm full frame, sometimes I'm a little thing in the corner, um, you know, the, all kinds of things can potentially happen over there. So, it, but I guess it depends on the content people are looking for, because I was listening to a podcast just before this show where they were like, uh, if you're doing a product unboxing, most of the time people don't really care about you individually. They care about the product. They're probably going to make a decision about whether to purchase it or not. They want to see what the box looks like, what's included, how it all fits together. So again, you don't have to. And again, I know a lot of people are out there feeling quite nervous about being on camera. My advice generally about that is you really just need to get over it. And I know that's hard and I know that takes practice, but I think it helps you be more confident in all kinds of areas in your life. If you've got the ability to turn turn on a camera, talk into a microphone, uh, you know, it'll help you even be better in work meetings. So that, that in itself is really, really important and useful. Um, so I would encourage you to do that. But again, I just spoke about YouTube being a series of experiments. So by all means, uh, try some with you on camera, try some without and just see what kind of feedback you get from people and what those numbers look like. Okay, this is the video and live streaming show. Uh, my name's John Lacey. Normally I would be joined by Sampro if he's having some technical issues, but I'm sure he'll be back in just a moment. We're talking about starting a YouTube channel in 2024, and we're going to come back and talk about actually what you would have on your channel and some of the things you might want to consider there. So we'll be back in just a moment. And then I looked at the first assessment and the first assessment was record a five minute video and it was a pretty simple introduction of yourself. There was nothing exciting. I didn't have to research. It was just a five minute warm up, and I freaked out. That course is still sitting in the cupboard beside me. I see that stack of papers and I almost rock in the corner. It cost me a lot of money to sign up and I, I threw the whole course away. And that's a segment from uh, my podcast, Build a Presentation Muscle, which you can learn more about over at johnlacey.com. I'm going to see if I can bring Sam back here. Okay, hopefully you're back with us. It's funny, I think, I feel like we're having some technical issues on both sides of, of this conversation so. today, which is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, now I'm slightly distracted by uh, by the chat. But one other thing I forgot to do was change to the channel tab. But let's talk about actually, you know, some of the things that you might want to see on the, the channel and some of the things you might want to consider. Um, again, for the life of me, um, my StreamYard is being incredibly slow and I've clicked that button. Oh, no. and I'm really hoping that it's visible on your screen because it isn't on mine. But there we go. Let's get caught up. Okay, so let's talk about actually what you want to do with your YouTube channel um, and the different aspects of this. And I'll talk through some of this. Sam can offer some thoughts as well. And I might even try and do a bit of screen share so we can walk through it. But first of all, you know, we spoke about what is your channel about? So I think it's really important to think about the, you know, literally what is it about, but also how are you describing it? So we have a few opportunities um, uh, to to do this and I'm gonna press a button and just hope for the best <laughs> hopefully you can see my this is my channel learn live streaming yeah. so the first thing I want to kind of allude to is the fact that we've got um, the handle so this is the at symbol um, followed by the the text that you would use to describe the channel 
And this is used in your URL. So you can go to youtube.com forward slash at and then the name of your handle. But it's also used to sort of um, ping you in, in those community posts and comments in different places. So that's really worthwhile exploring. Um, you also have the channel name, which is literally this, this line of text here. So again, think about what it is. Um, I, and I'd probably encourage you to use as many of these characters as you can, because the long tail um, keywords that are potentially involved in that can be quite useful in terms of actually um, helping improve your, your findability within search. Do you have any thoughts, um, Sam, about what we should keep in mind in terms of describing the channel? Yeah, I mean, be honest with, oh, this is weird. I no longer hear myself. Sorry, guys. Uh, be honest with, you know, what you're doing. Like, there's a lot of people out there who are trying to, like, bait SEO and, like, overly use keywords and things like that. And, I, you know, and I think to some extent it does still work, but also eventually you will get hit for that. And they'll be like, nah, get rid of that. But so, like, you know, put it, do a user facing experience first, not a bot facing experience is basically one what I want to say. So when you make that, you know, header, it should be something that your viewers actually uh, are looking for. All right, let me mess with my mic. It sounds like there's an issue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, big hello to um, Joe Serrano, who's joining us in the chat over on YouTube. Um, and Walter had a, I don't know if it was a question or a comment, but I, I think I, I, I understand the gist of it, which is basically thinking about the relationship you have with your viewer rather than thinking about the, the mechanics of the camera yeah. that you're potentially staring into. So, you know, it all comes back to, to people and especially in this AI driven world, you know, I, I can't overstate the importance of building those relationships. Okay. Anyway, um, Sam, I might let you play with those those settings for a second, but let's. Yeah, and again, I hate to use myself as an example, but here we are. Um, so, in terms of those things, and again, Sam has alluded to the fact that we have a banner at the top of the screen. I don't love this banner. I think I'm going to change it. But one of the things that is worth uh, keeping in mind is that you pretend you actually upload a much larger image than is seen here. And there is sort of a safe region in the middle of the screen, which everybody will see whether they're on a mobile phone or a desktop computer or even a large smart TV. And then you have spaces outside of that, which will only be shown on particular devices. And we've spoken about that before. And if you want to, you can find a, a YouTube short about that on this channel. Um, but again, think about the, not just the words, um, but I guess the, the branding more holistically. So, you know, what are your colors? Um, Think about this opportunity, which might be a great place to tell people about what the, the channel is actually about. You could have examples, you could have um, text in there, you could have uh, calls to action potentially in there as well. Um, we've been adding QR codes to everything. They're sort of all the rage at the moment. So that's another opportunity you have in all kinds of places, but you also have the profile picture. So again, any place that you're uh, commenting on the, the video, this picture will be beside it. So again, it, it might be a great opportunity to think about what you're communicating when you are over there. All right. Um, so Sam, I know you've probably been a little distracted by your audio settings, yeah, but- sure. um, Hopefully this is better. Maybe. Yes, okay. So, I mean, it sounds pretty good to me, but um, let us know in the, in the chat if that is an issue. Um, 
So I guess, you know, in terms of, of how we describe that, we spoke about language. Um, we've, we've done entire shows in recent weeks on, on branding, so maybe we don't need to go too deep into that. But again, how do you think people should think about communicating things about their channel? Because I guess it could be, you know, it could be the literal thing that you're talking about, but it could also be that, you know, you're a fun channel or, a, 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 you know, you're a very serious channel, very professional. Like there, there are sort of these tone of voice things that are considerations as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you should be very aware of, you know, who your potential viewer is and make literal choices to like what that language and tone of voice sounds like, you know. And have that laid out for you to see at some point, like, hey, I, you know, do sarcastic things. Like we talked about in a recent show, and man, I still can't hear myself, which is weird. Uh, how I actually have variations of, um, okay, there we go. Something definitely changed. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> what did you do, John? You did something on the back end. I, know I didn't touch you. anything. You it's didn't do all anything. You. <laughs> <What> no. <laughs> okay. So lesson here is. Every time you do a live stream, you're going to have problems and it's going to be a new and different problem. And sometimes <laughs> it fixes itself for some reason. I have no idea. I can't even fathom what just happened. Um, that's so weird. I literally nothing was touched. What the hell were we talking about? Okay. Uh, variations of yourself. So like, yeah, like is what I was talking about in a recent episode where I have basically three things that I do, which is this show, the cute avalanche stuff, and Sam Proof stuff. And each one of those, it's me, but there's slightly different rules that I hold myself to. Whereas on the kitten cam, it's a lot more puns and a lot more family friendly. And here it's a little less puns and still relatively family friendly. Not a lot of swearing coming out of me. And then on the Sandproof channel, a lot more sarcastic and all, you know, all, all the F-bombs you want. So, <laughs> so yeah, you just, you got to make that, that acknowledgement to what am I striving for? Uh, who am I talking to? And what are the rules that I hold myself to in that tone of voice? Um, and if you ever, you know, want to get the brand deals and the sponsorships, maybe don't go with the F-bombs and try and keep it family friendly because that's what brands want. <laughs> yeah. Again, a lot of that comes back to, to your goals, but, um, yes. you know, it's, it's, it's important, I think, to know yourself. And I'll, I'll resist the urge to rant about this because I feel like there are some people that they don't really understand what they're about and what they believe in, what they stand for. And especially as a content creator... If you feel like you're not getting the results you want, and that's basically all of us all of the time, uh, yeah. <laughs> it can be really tempted to be distracted by the shiny objects and the the unrealistic deals. So again, just just keep that in mind um, and try not to get too carried away. Again, I guess uh, just in terms of how the rest of the the channel is is built, and um, I might even just. Oh. I broke the matrix by looking at the wrong thing at the wrong time, but there you go. I'm just going to make myself um, full screen for a second just so I can talk through some of this. Um, but essentially, uh, you know, we've got all kinds of uh, things that we can do on here. And I'm just going to scroll through this really quickly. There's this for you section, which is quite new, actually, um, yeah. sort of just came in late last year. And YouTube decides what videos somebody visiting your channel might be interested in. And it's interesting because I, I, I mean, I don't understand the mechanism behind this, but what I have found is 
I will go to Sam's YouTube channel and I've known Sam for 15, 16 plus years yep. and it'll show me a video from five years ago that is still relevant, it's still interesting to me, but I've never seen it before. So you, you literally just have a toggle to turn that on and off. I actually had that off until I was doing some content and I just turned it back on. I'm really curious to see how people are finding that experience. Um, but we do also have the ability to sort of add a whole bunch of things. So I've got the up, um, upcoming live streams. I've got a bunch of playlists that I've created. And some of these are my content. And some of these are other people's content. Um, we've got this show, which is set up as a YouTube podcast, which is just a different type of playlist. Um, potentially, people can listen to this on YouTube music if they're in the right parts of the world. And again, it's not rolled out everywhere. But again, uh, my different projects, my little sub-brands are sort of in here as, as their own little objects. So um, I, I guess there are all kinds of really cool things that you can do in terms of that. So um, I'll just bring Sam back on the screen hey. over here. Um, yeah, I, I know when they okay. first released that for you uh section a lot of people like were up in arms about it and i i think that's fantastic why wouldn't that be a great idea it's like you know putting a, a personalized algorithm like front facing on your channel that's great if you are someone who wants to broaden your sort of uh spectrum of the you know what you're doing like the horrible example we had earlier of, you know, you're doing Trucker Monday and uh, Cosmetics, you know, Tuesday. Uh, this is absolutely the feature that's going to find the right person to see those videos, you know. So, like, definitely, you know, you can disable that for you section. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> Do it. Leave it up. I, I guess my one objection is that you can't move where it is. And yes. I'm a bit of a control freak. I There are specific things that I want people to see first. And I, you know, you have to sort of just embrace that that constraint you know, a little bit. But um, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you've got different uh, like analytics on your page. But as far as my pages go, the channel page is not the most seen thing. Like most people will first and foremost see a video see a shorts video probably um so i i think before you decide to turn off a feature like that not john specifically but in general uh kind of get a glimpse of what that user flow is like you know my typical user is going to find me through a shorts video and then hopefully i have put the redirect for you know linked video on that shorts which either is going to go to an active live stream or a video I'm heavily promoting. And that's where that video that John talked about is going to go and put it in that shorts video. And then maybe they end up on that channel page where hopefully they subscribe to me. And that's the goal for me of that channel page. Absolutely. Um, because I guess it probably in, in no small part due to the technical issues we had, we are running a little bit late, but I do just want to show you yeah, a few things going. in the back end of YouTube Studio. So again, we have the ability to customize our channel. There are some great features in here, including a video spotlight. So this is a channel trailer for people who haven't subscribed yet. If It's one of those things that's been on my to-do list for like three years now. I've never really gotten around to it, but maybe 2024 is the year. I'm not really sure. But we yeah. also have the ability to have this featured video for returning subscribers. <laughs> um, 
and I, you know, you talk about whether how many people actually end up on your YouTube channel. Um, the the video that used to be in this spot is one of my most viewed videos, and I'm not sure if it's because it was in that spot yeah. and people are just coming back to the channel after subscribing, or if it was just more generally interesting to people. But again, you have these two options. So basically, this is the the cell for people that haven't subscribed yet. And this is just something that you want to feature. So it could be something that's new. It could be something that you're particularly proud of or you think can be really help people. Yeah. I, we have I think, the uh, the for you recommendation. I yep. think with that, that trailer video, um, when it first came out, a lot of people specifically made videos that were like, Hey, I'm Sam Proof, and this is my channel. It's all about X, Y, and Z. And if you like me, subscribe. I don't do that video anymore. I don't think it works anymore. I don't think that's what people expect to see there. And it's never going to be the best example of your work. I think that trailer video for the you know the the person that hasn't subscribed yet should be either a montage of just all of your your hits or just that one video that is your best video. Uh, I feel like if they should have, like they, YouTube missed the mark on not making a for you video here where it's like, this is absolutely the video that this viewer should see. And I think that should show up at some point, but for the, for the time being, just pick what you think is your best video that appeals to the widest part of your audience and put that there. Okay. Sounds good. All right, and again, I just want to really quickly get through these. Um, so the, the for you section, it's literally a toggle. You have it on or off. That's up to you. But you have these featured section, and and this is really cool. So we've got the ability to add up to twelve uh, sections, yep. um, and this is where we can have things like you know, if you're live now, if you've got an upcoming live stream, if you've got a particular playlist that you want to feature. Um, and again, playlists can contain your content. They can contain other people's content or a bit of both. Um, so again, you can collate resources, especially if you're just beginning and you don't have a lot to, to feature here. That can be a useful thing to do. Uh, but essentially, we can sort of come in here. We can add these sections and there's a good chance I'm blocking that. So I'm going to take myself out of the frame. Um, so we've got the videos, popular videos, short videos, live now, past live streams, upcoming live streams. You'll see that some of these are grayed out because they're already on there. We can Let's have a single playlist. Yeah. <laughs> There's a single playlist, um, created playlists, multiple playlists, subscriptions, and featured channels. I probably would only use those featured channels if there were other projects that you are particularly uh, using. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Um, but we certainly have all those options. The other thing from this same uh, place in the channel customization is that you have the branding options here. So this is where you'll upload your, your image and your banner. Um, there is also an option for a video watermark. I've never used it, but I know some people love that. And of course, you've got the basic info here, which is where the name and the handle are and the description. We haven't really spoken about the description, but again, just describe the kinds of things that you're, um, you're sharing. The way that looks on the, uh, the channel itself um, can work differently. I've got a whole bunch of links. Probably some of these probably could be retired, but again, those settings are in there if you do want those things. Yeah. And we're kind of specifically talking about, you know, if you're just getting into it, if you're just starting. So, like, really pay attention. Like, if you haven't already created a brand, um, pick pick a handle that is really heavy, you know, relevant to keywords in your thing. Like, John has the Learn Live Streaming channel, which is much, much more on topic than the Sam Proof channel. So, like, you know, absolutely... 
if you have the opportunity to make that decision, do that. Uh, I will say with the, the watermark feature, somebody, I think it was Roberto Blake, had at one point like put out there that he would use it for um, a QR code. Uh, and I think that's a great idea. I kept meaning to steal that and I haven't done that yet. But, I, you know, I think if you don't have a brand like John has the John Lacey bug right there, uh, try try a QR code that leads to whatever website you want it to lead to or even just the subscription thing. So they scan it and who goes, do you want to subscribe? Yes. <laughs> right. So absolutely mm-hmm. play with those. Um, and uh, yeah, both the channel and videos have really large description areas and for the most part i mean they're, they're not the most used thing but you have so many characters that you can use in there use them um i've i've had some interesting success with adding like faqs and questions and stuff like that to those things that are relevant uh to whatever the topic of the video is so that's that's something you can do to sort of you know utilize that space better a lot of people just throw in a million links and i'll tell you absolutely not what youtube wants you to do there because the minute somebody clicks that link that takes them to another website that isn't youtube you've lost metrics that would help you grow on youtube absolutely okay um let's start to wrap up the show and we'll talk about our last segment community so this actually plays in so beautifully with um saeed uh so saeed's comment here is doesn't make a difference if i follow other channels with my channel um, there is a degree of networking and relationship building that I that is important on YouTube. And again, um, you know, d- don't expect to just upload a couple of videos and be internationally famous and, and popular. Right. It's really, in some ways, coming together with like-minded people. Whether those people are creating content themselves or not is is sort of neither here nor there. But getting to know people and fostering some relationships and, you know, Becoming a part of their their weekly uh, routine is is really really powerful. Um, did you have any thoughts on that, Sam? Before we move on to the next thing, uh, yeah, I mean, just to tack on to what John said, and kind of you know what Means said almost at the uh, the opening of things was like she really looks to uh, people that she can consider friends in a way, and I think that's you know an important aspect of creating content on a YouTube channel. Um, is that sort of feel early in the YouTube ecosystem? Um, the channels that grew the most were the ones that actually sort of cross promoted each other and collaborated and did things together and like helped push each other's, uh, you know, subscriber count higher because they were doing things with each other. You saw that with like Maker Studio and like Phil DeFranco and stuff like that. And those are the people that rose to the top were the ones that would work together. So if you're out there thinking that somebody else is competition, they're not. Like that is the person you should absolutely be reaching out to and being like, hey, we both talk about this thing. We both do something in this world. What can we do to work together to sort of make each other's platform or like, uh, you know, content bigger and better? uh, and on a more viewer side version of Saeed's question, it absolutely matters uh, if you do follow the other channel and they'll, it's an interaction that shows your interest and they'll, their content will show up more to you as well. And I guess that's the other thing too. When you subscribe, uh, there's a good chance that the channel you're subscribing to, they'll get a notification, they'll get an yeah. email. They might go and check out what you're doing. And yeah. again, if you can 
leave those comments, if you can leave those likes and subscribe. And again, that's something I never remember to say on this show, but wherever you happen to be watching, if you could like and subscribe, that would be really, really awesome. Um, And again, I I don't know who this user is going by the name of Horsehead, but they are noting that they've... Okay. (laughs) Jeff's had uh, many usernames throughout the years. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, it's just noting that you know you've known you've developed so many relationships over fifteen plus years of of yes. knowing people on on YouTube. So that in itself is really really cool. Um, Sam did allude to this a little bit earlier, but I just want to talk about it and just see if the magical screen sharing works. Um, I might just make myself a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah. So okay, again, let's... you won't have this when it first starts, but uh, we do have the community tab here. Once you get enough traction. Here you've got the ability to share images and text posts and image polls and text polls and quizzes um, and videos. And here you can share um, literally any sort of publicly available YouTube video uh, via search URL or your own content as well. And again, it's a really great way to post and, you know, it could be something that you only have the bandwidth to create one video um, per week. And in between those times, you can still sort of touch base with people and let them know about things you've done or share content, share other people's content. Um, Michelle J. Raymond's been a guest on this show before. She's got a new uh, YouTube challenge. Um, Even share pictures of of a lovely, cute little dog that I hung out with on Christmas Day. Yeah. which is also accompanied by some some technical woes that I describe in, in text there as well. So again, like whatever um, whatever you want to share there, it's it's all good, but it's a great opportunity. And again, um, I'm a little scared that Sam's suggesting that maybe it might disappear if people aren't using it. So you know, definitely it's just, use it's one it if of those, you've got it. Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, this is such a great thing that I like. Like video responses were something I was a big fan of. And at some point, YouTube decided to pull the plug on those. And then 10 years later, in response to TikTok, they basically had to rebuild it as a feature in shorts with remixes. Anyway, but yeah, uh, two things about uh, the community tab that we should also add on. I don't know if this is really two things or if I just said that. Um, You can absolutely schedule these in advance, which is great. So, you know, unlike threads, (laughs) which I'm sure we'll get there eventually. Uh, But yeah, if you're, you know, um, only doing so much, like John said, absolutely use that community tab to like bolster it and like push it up there and stuff. And the other thing, so there is two things, is that you can do public um, community tab uh, posts and you can also do members only. So we haven't really talked about members um, similar to Twitch subscribers, which are a paid feature uh, on YouTube. Once you get access to that monetization of fan funding and whatnot, you can get YouTube memberships, which is uh, paid. You can create multiple tiers of whatever those payments are. And so within your community tab, you can set that it is a membership only post. Um, Much like you can do that with videos as well. You can have membership only videos. You can even do membership only videos and then later on they become public like you can set a timer like two days later it's going to go public or whatever i don't remember if you can do that with the community tab uh it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if you can but i totally forgot if you can do that i i don't know (laughs) but yeah so that's that's two other things to keep in (laughs) mind with that community tab and I guess the other thing is it's often a good place to resurface older content. So if yeah. you've got something that you know is really good that people haven't seen, it's it's really it's a wonderful place to to do that as well. 
Um, but yeah, thank you everybody so much for joining us today. Um, obviously, we have had some technical issues, so we thank you for your patience um, as much as anything. Uh, but Sam, as we begin to wrap up the show, if people want to learn more about you and watch your content and do all those good things, where can we send those people? Yeah, head over to samproof.tv and you can find all of my social links at the top left there and hit that QR code if you're watching here with your phone uh, and find me streaming mostly here Fridays these days. And if you didn't get enough cat talk, uh, you can head over to cuteavalanche.com at any point and see our brand new fosters, which is a mom and six babies. They're just days old. They're absolutely adorable. Uh, and, uh, and, and follow them on the 24-7 Kitten Cam. Wherever you're watching this, you can watch them there. Uh, and uh, really quick, for anyone who's listening to the audio version of this, I apologize. <laughs> it's probably just a mess. But maybe we'll redo this in a few months as, a, as another, another take. Anyway, where can we find you, John? <laughs> And if you want to catch up with me, you can head over to johnlacey.com. I've got a whole bunch of articles about OBS Studio and other things there as well. And if you uh, go to the bottom of those pages, uh, there's a whole bunch of social links. You can find me on LinkedIn, especially where I've got multiple newsletters and live sessions and all those good things. So uh, I'd love it if you came over there or alternatively check out the YouTube channel, which is at Learn Live Streaming. But again, it's been, uh, you know, technical issues aside, it's been great fun to, to hang out with you and talk about um, YouTube. Again, I'd be really curious, and if you don't want to tell this to the world, by all means, send us a private message. But if you are looking to start or restart a YouTube channel, um, we'd love to hear about your goals on that front and, you know, just stay in touch and give you some feedback and some encouragement. So, yeah, please uh, please let us know wherever you're watching this. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk again soon. Next week on the show, we will be talking about OBS Studio. Um, I haven't quite scheduled that out yet, but it's it's definitely on the agenda. So hopefully you'll be able to join us then. And uh, take care, everybody. Have a great week. Hope the beginning of the new year has been kind to you. And we'll talk again soon. See you next week. <laughs>